Welcome to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. I'm just so excited uh, about uh, this service and so excited about 2021. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited about 2021. And because uh, God, aren't you excited that God brought you through 2020? So, sometimes you wonder, God, am I going to make it through this year? But you made it. The devil should have killed me when he had a chance. Ah, but I made it. Thank you, Lord. He's, that sounds like a song, Pastor Steve. I'm going to have to write that one. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I want to thank you. If you're here today for the very first time at our church and you're wondering, what about this church? Our church, we exist to unite people to God and people to people. That's why we exist. And our mission is to help you to taste and see the colors and the flavors of God. And they are wonderful. Our core values here is found in the word purpose. P, prayer. We want you to learn how to pray and us to learn how to pray together because there's something about prayer that gives you power and brings you closer to God. Even when you're speaking in your heavenly language, I don't know if you figured it out yet, but if you're a Christian, you're really not from this world. And so we, we pray in the heavenly language Amen. Amen. So prayer is important. And then that you and that word purpose is, is that word unity. A lot of things that we do, mostly everything we do is to bring us closer together. God causes us to break down racial barriers. Look around. You have different churches of different colors, but God is calling, causing walls to be destroyed walls to come down with races and God is cause, causing people that are older and younger to come together come on because he has a destiny and a purpose for us to fulfill even in the encounter us groups that I'm so excited about encounter us communities I don't understand why some of you won't sign up I just like sign up sign up because it's fulfilling one of our core values that we would come together and that we would unite. I say it all the time, the devil is not afraid that we would come together, but he's afraid that we would actually assemble. Wow. And the united us communities are for us to assemble. People ask us all the time, well, Pastor Stephen, Pastor Portia, you know, um, you know, uh, I may have this issue and that issue, and you know, I was going through this and no one called me. But if you are in a community, you won't fall through the cracks. If you are in a community, your group will know that you're going through and they will meet you at the hospital and they can pray for you and they can bring you food when you get out of the hospital. I know you want Pastor Portia and Steve to cook everything for you but we can't do it. It's too many people here. We need each other. I need you to see this. This is so important. Unity. Then the other one is our restoration. Everything that we do here is to restore. Restore. Let me go back. Isn't that word restoration? You know, a lot of people say, Pusher, why aren't you with this movement or Pastor Steve or that movement? Movement? How come the church won't do this or won't do that? We have not, basically, I want to say this. We're already back from where you're going. I'm going to say it again. We're already back. We already went down that road. We already went through the marches. We already did this. And we discovered something that was so, so important after years and years. You got to understand my history. My dad marched with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in Birmingham, Alabama. We did all those things. And we discovered something. What really changes people's heart is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if we can show you Jesus, if we can model it here, and even if we do it on a smaller scale, people's heart change and they learn how to love. Because I can be looking in your face acting like I love you and hate you because you're a different color, because you're different than me. But if I get a hold of Jesus, if I get you to get a hold of Jesus, if I get you to get a relationship with him, okay, see. <sighs> 
The other P in that word, purpose, is for presence. Why are they worshiping God so long here on the platform? Why are they singing? Because we discovered a secret. Somebody say secret. We discovered a secret that one minute in the presence of God can can equal a year or more of therapy. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. I was, we were having a problem with this person, this, this, this person uh, uh, for years was had this needle phobia. I was calling every therapist that I knew because when this person was little, he had a, the needle broke off in his arm and it traumatized him. And even though he was diabetic, he was messed up in his mind. He wouldn't take his insulin. His, I mean, all this stuff was happening. He was getting his foot cut off. All kind of stuff was going on in his life. But he was so scared of the needle. And no matter when he went to hypnosis people, he went to acupuncture people, he went through all these different people, but nobody could cure him. But in one moment in the presence of God, What are you doing that for? Why are you singing? Let me just tell you some spectators always become criticizers. We're not up here to do a concert for you. We're not up here to, for you to say, oh yeah, that was good or that was bad. Let me tell you something. My uncle told me a story years ago, my uncle Ronnie. He said it was this man. And this man would be dancing and shouting and and uh, let me just say the bottom line of the story because I don't got time to tell you it. The bottom line of the story was this. If you really go after the presence of God, then you don't care what people think. And I believe in 2021, we're about to go after the presence of God like we're losing our mind. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday and she was saying, you know what, Pastor Portia? She said, God told me to close every door, every crack to seal it up in my life because it's time for the people of God to rise up. It's time for the people of God to come forth. And she said, she said in my dream, she said, I went to the back uh, of, of, the, of the patio, but there was a crack and something evil snatched me. And God said, Jen, close every crack. I was like, ooh, Jesus. Let me look at my life. Let me examine my life because I don't want nothing to separate me from you. So we are a presence-driven church. So you wonder why are they worshiping until God says stop. That's when we stop. Because we seen power come into the church. We seen, I myself, a miracle happened to me where I used to drag my foot around like this because I was partially paralyzed with a belt around my foot. I was in the presence of God and he healed me. I remember a time when there was cysts on my ovaries and I got into the line of a man by Dr. Rodney Howard Brown and he didn't care about what people say. That man don't care. He'd be like, oh, you don't care. You tripping, go ahead. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord spit you. That's how he talked. But when I got in his line, the power of God hit me. Y'all don't hear me. The presence of God. And instantly, I was healed. It's something about having an instant healing. Man, the presence of God is in here, y'all. I don't know if y'all can feel them online, but the presence of God is here. You can be in the same room as the presence of God and miss him because you have allowed distractions to come against you. You have allowed the enemy to take your mind and make it about you. Ooh. The other letter, I haven't even got, this is my introduction. The other letter is that word O and that word purpose outreach we have to give out what we've been given
We can't keep it to ourselves. We have to go out there on the streets. We have to know what it is to be a witness for Christ. We have to, we have to walk different than the world. We have to act different than the world. We got we to gotta give out what's been given to us. I get excited when I think about it. I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, my sister, something happened where everybody had this good testimony. But my sister, something happened with her when she got up here. I felt the presence of God like I never felt it before in her testimony. I was sitting there crying my eyes out. And yes, 200 people, over 200 people got saved. But I was sitting there, I was like, God, what is this? Woo, sometimes you can just feel the presence of God on you. It's like fire shut up in your bones. And, and, uh, and my sister was talking, and I was like, God, what is this? And then God spoke to me. He said, the reason why you feel the anointing and my presence, the reason why you feel it like this is because she has allowed herself to die to herself. Oh, we're we gonna, we gonna get there today. We're gonna get there today later on. But I want you to, outreach is very important. Scripture, we are people that are filled with the word of God, that understand the sword of the spirit. Why is the sword of the spirit important? Why? Jesus said to me in a dream, he said, even I had to know my own word. When the enemy came to me and he said, if you be the son of God, then command that these stone be made bread. Jesus used the sword of the spirit against him. He said, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. He said, it is written that you shall not tempt. You see what I'm saying? You have to know the word. So when the enemy comes to tempt you, you can't think it in your mind. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You have to say it because the power of life and death is in the power of the tongue. That's why the enemy wants us to shut up when it comes to doing warfare against him. But I learned a long time ago in my Christian walk that me sitting there and being beat up and being beat down because some of y'all allowing yourself to be beat up and beat down some of y'all allowing yourself to be depressed I'm just depressed oh yeah the devil handing it to you depressed <laughs> no I refuse to accept it you gotta go you gotta go the opposite in order to win the battle. God is raising up an unovercoming people that will overcome the world by the word of their testimony, by loving not their lives unto the death. That means you don't even care about what people think about you. God has put us on this journey on this assignment because he says I'm going to raise up in 2021 a people that will know my name a people that is not ashamed of me a people that is not afraid to lift up their voice a people that understand see y'all don't understand I'm, I'm trying to hurry up I ain't even got to my message Jesus then the last one is edifying how can we edify and equip each other how can we build up each other if none of us are in an encounter us group? I'm just, I was talking to, I'm a, Ayana, come up here. I was talking to Ayana the other day on the phone. And I was like, Ayana, something happened to her where she was, she started telling me, I'm watching this with the, with the bleed. Oh, you gotta give her that one? Ayana, something happened to her when she went into a group. Go, she, go ahead. I'm going to let her. Go ahead. Tell them, Ayana. I brought my notes just in case. Okay. Well, good morning, Encounter family. Good morning. So I was asked by my pastors to share my experience. All the way to your mouth. All the way to my mouth. Um, I don't have the exact dates, but it was 1994. And I went to a church in San Jose, very big church in San Jose mega church in San Jose knew no one but my daughter but I would go constantly no one but my daughter and they had what they called at the time cell groups so I decided 
I'm gonna step out of the boat. And I need to know people. So stepped out. And at the time the cell group was in Hayward. So the lady that was the leader, we just clicked. She was a, um, at the time a single mom, single mom myself, our kids were around the same age. Everything just meshed. So it was, we met once a week. Everything was good. We made uh, relationships with people in our group from Hayward. But February 1995 will stick with me the rest of my life. There was a lady who walked in that night. We never met. And for whatever reasons, we clicked. We just clicked. So she started giving us a little testimony about herself, and I just needed to know more about her, so she gave me her phone number. We talked until the sun came up the next day. We never met before. And she was just just this special lady, but the Lord said something to me. He said, Elijah, Elisha. I had no idea what that meant <laughs> at the time, but um, we have been through so much together behind the cell group. We've been through the births of her grandchildren, my granddaughter. I lost my dad 12 years ago. She was there by my side. Her dad died. I was there for her. She moved away three years ago. I'm texting her this morning. We have been together. It'll be 26 years next month. You cannot ask for a better friend than Robin. I would hope that you will get a Robin out of whatever group. I encourage you, please join. You can't get everything Sunday morning. You don't eat Sunday and not wait again until the next week. You have to eat in between. When we join together, the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. There's somebody in that group that needs you. You need somebody in that group. You'll never know who that person is unless you just give it a try. But um, I know she's going to watch this because I'm going to end up telling her anyway. She doesn't know I'm doing this right now. But um, she gave me a scripture. November 2nd, 1995 that they may see and know and consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord has done this and that the Holy One of Israel has created it. He has given me such a gift in you, Robin, and I love you. And you know we don't say that to each other ever, but I'm saying it so that everyone will know you need a Robin in your life. And I, I would encourage you to step out and join. Come on. Thank you so much, Ayana. So if you didn't get that, for 21 years, she's had a best friend that she met at a group meeting. 26 years. 26 years. A lifetime. So some of you that are looking for relationships, meaningful relationships, this is what we need to do. And so I begin today uh, talking quickly about the five habits of healthy people. But before I do, let's stretch your hands towards our cousin in the back. Marissa's going away to college. I forgot to pray for her. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for her, Lord Jesus. We thank you, God, for her life. And Father, we pray for warring angels to be about her. Father, we pray, God, that she would be connected with the church down there, that you would provide for her every need. And we thank you, God, that just we just pray, God, that she would be in Olympics one day because of her skill set. Just, just pour into her, Lord God. That's her dream. That's her desire. So let it be in Jesus' name. Come on. Amen. also want to lift up Tyshell, who lost her brother. Father, in Jesus' name. Over this week, God, Tyshell lost her brother, God. Father, it was so unexpected. And Lord, she just needs you right now. She need, her family needs you, God. They need, they need an outpouring of peace that only you can give. So Father, we pray that they would feel your love right now, that they would feel your embrace. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. 
I'm not going to be before you long today in this message. I was, my assignment was to preach on the five habits of healthy people. Um, we're going to continue on Dr. Rick Warren. My, my husband did an awesome job last week, amen, and starting our series off. And, um, we adopted this from Dr. Rick, Rick Warren and uh, just really excited about this transformation series that we're going through. Who's ready to be transformed? I was thinking about this message and I was thinking about a baby. How a baby in the womb is given everything that it needs from the mother. And, you know, you see the development of a baby. And all of a sudden, one day, nine months comes and that baby is pushed out of the womb. And it's probably thinking in its head, what in the world is going on? You know what I'm saying? I mean, just imagine just being comfortable and embraced and everything. And all of a sudden, ah! your head is being squeezed and every life is, you're having to get out of that place, that cocoon. Same thing with a butterfly, the transformation. But it's, it's really something because in that you think, God, I'm in this dark place. Why am I going through this? Why do I have to go through this trial? Hmm. You understand what I'm saying? It seems like, God, you could heal me when you want to. Why is you letting me go with your child? And I love you. Why are you letting me go through this, Jesus? Have I not been faithful to you? Have I not walked uprightly before you? Why? Why, Lord? Why, why? Remember, Stephen was talking about that that movie why when Queen Latifah you know she was why why Lord why then a choir got behind her why 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 you know it was just crazy she thought she had some kind of disease and she was dying and they had told her you who saw that movie and that is the greatest movie because she just then she then she laughs because then God blesses her more and at the end of the movie but sometimes you feel like that it's like why am I going through this and God has you in this dark place you know, one thing I learned is that I can witness to people better when I go through something. Sometimes people get up and they preach a word that you know they didn't ever live. But if you go through something and you're witness to something, something about the anointing that comes it's through crushing that comes through being in the dark place because diamonds are made in the dark. Sometimes it takes you to be in that place even though you don't understand, but you learn to trust God. You learn to trust God. So we're going to go here with our first slide. It says in John the third, 3 John 1 and 2, I pray that all that all is well with you and that your body is as healthy as I know your soul is. I pray that all is well with you and that your body is as wealthy and are healthy as I know your soul is. So we know that our soul is our mind and our will and our emotions. And we see here that God wants our bodies to be healthy. You know, it's something that today is Shredder Sunday. Last year, I put fat me in a shredder. I said, I'm tired of being fat me. I had every excuse to be fat me. You know, in the very beginning, I had endometriosis, stage four, precancerous. The doctor put me on steroids. If you know anything about steroids, they make you fat. Then next thing you know, after that, after I went through that steroid piece, and, and then here it is, I was doing pretty good, hired me a personal trainer. Whoever hired a personal trainer? Hired me a personal trainer. I was excited. I started getting back in shape, yeah, and looking good on the treadmill thing, you know, the elliptical. Then I had to fly going back and forth to Florida. My parents were sick, and I end up with a blood clot in my leg. And the doctor said, where this blood clot is, you cannot exercise. You just gone, and you can't, because if you do, it'll come to your heart, and you'll die. Die. 
So for almost seven months, I said, well, since I'm going to be fat anyway, might as well eat what I want. <laughs> Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. I might as well just go on over there to the ice creamery, fix me a big old banana split and whatever. Might as well go and cook this food and eat it. Sounded good. Yep, save me a plate. I hear you. Next thing you know, though, I ended up getting rid of the blood clot, and I said, okay, I'm tired of getting fat. I'm getting fatter and fatter. This is horrible. I'm just going to go ahead. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to exercise right where I left off. I got, went gung-ho. Everybody say gung-ho. I went gung-ho. Yeah. Yeah, I was a beast. I took my dog, Kratos. I said, come on, Kratos. We going running. I started running up that hill and snap my meniscus tore. So I said, forget it. I just was meant to be fat. I was an emotional eater. And for the longest time, I used that as an excuse. For the longest time. But it says here, it says, I want you to do something. I want your body to be healthy. Because I have a work for you to do. I have something that I want you to achieve in your life. I want your body to be healthy. And it says in Proverbs 3, uh, 3, 7 and 8, it says, don't depend on your own wisdom. Instead, I want you to respect the Lord and refuse to do what's wrong. I want you to respect the Lord and refuse to do what's wrong. I want you to know that even though we're about ready to go on the Daniel fast and we preach about the fast and we preach about having power when you fast and power to cast out demons and power. Yeah. In the next five minutes, we go to the restaurant to get a salad and we see people there eating a steak. None of y'all, but I'm just saying people from other churches or something. <laughs> and sometimes I feel like the Lord saying, could you just tarry with me a little while? I want you to deny yourself. Last week, Stephen told the story that God told me. And the story was, I was talking to Jesus one day and I'm just having this conversation with him. I'm like, Jesus, how could you let your cousin, John the Baptist, get his head cut off I mean he was your cousin shouldn't you have special privileges when you Jesus' cousin and all of a sudden Jesus said to me I want your head to be cut off too I was like oh. yes you Portia I want you to change the way you think I want my thoughts to be your thoughts I want my ways to be your ways. I don't want you to lean to your own understanding about this. I want you to get my understanding. I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about my mama, Marion, who was playing. You would never believe how old she was. You would never believe it. The power of God in her life. But she battled cancer and won. And what she said was, what she said was, she said, you know, I just felt like eating oranges, so that's what I ate. But I didn't eat nothing else but oranges, right? Something like that. And all of a sudden, her body went into cancer. So God is saying, I want you to change the way you think about food. I want you to eat more greens. Some of y'all mad I'm preaching this word. Don't be mad at me. I wasn't there when it was written. I wasn't there. But it says, it says, don't depend on your own wisdom. I, I have something for you. I want you to go back to the garden, right, Mama? That's what she told me. Go back to the garden. Instead, respect the Lord and refuse to do wrong. Then your body will be healthy and your bones will be strong. You know, Proverbs, I think it's 14 and 12, it says, there's a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof is death. So the five healthy habits. It talks about here in Daniel chapter 1 verse 15 how Daniel refused to. Uh, I love that Daniel. Don't you love Daniel? 
just, I mean, he was just off the hook. And he just, he, he, he didn't do what other people did, but he went on this fast. And then you discover here in Daniel chapter 1, verse 15, that his body looked better after the 10 days was gone than, than the kings, the people that ate at the king's table. And he was like, you know, we need to switch to Daniel fast. Number one, healthy people. Go ahead and turn the slide, please. Healthy people eat healthy food. If you're writing notes, I want you to write that down. Healthy people eat healthy food. So the old saying, first you eat to live, and then you live to eat. A lot of times we think, man, I'm just going to eat, I'm just going to eat. And you think about food and you think about food and what are we having and it consumes you. But after I watch this video, I'm going to show you to you right now. It shook me. Go ahead and play it. And you don't feel like you're really on his mission. You're not really thinking. You look at what you say you believe in eternity. And then you look at how you live your daily life and you're going, it doesn't match up. But when you're telling, there's something about telling people who haven't heard. There's something about that great commission and telling people, making disciples of people who've never heard of Jesus. I, I, I can't, it's just very different. It's very different than what I'm doing here. I, I tell people, it's kind of like, you know, in San Francisco, because I, I live out there. <coughs> everyone's a foodie, you know? Like, everyone's like tearing apart who has the best, you know, enchilada, who has the best Chinese food, who has the best, you know, and then and, and everyone just is kind of snobby with their food. And, and I kind of got into that too. I'd get in argue with my wife, like, how could you call Panda Express Chinese food? Like, that's just, that doesn't make any sense. Like, that's not real, you know? And so we'll have these talks and this and that. But about a year ago, I, uh, I was in Africa I go often, and but this time there was just a sea of people in this camp, thousands of people, and that that are just no home, nothing to eat. And I hear this scream, like this screech, like right when I drove up, and you see this woman just yelling, like it's terrifying when you hear a scream like I've never heard a scream like this. And as I walk over to see, I see her son laying there lifeless on the ground. But he's like a skeleton where you're going, how could he have even survived this long? That, that does not look like it could ever walk. That doesn't, how, it's like, it's just skin and bone. And she is going nuts. And you just think, man, what if I got here yesterday? Or what if I had figured out a way or worked harder just to get food to him? And then you're seeing the sea of people and we're, we're trying to calculate how much it would cost to feed each person. And, you know, okay, 12 cents. Well, okay, but there's this many thousands. How many can we keep alive for how many days? And you start calculating, thinking of these things. It's hard to go back to San Francisco and be a foodie when you realize, no, people just want some food. And I guess that's what I feel. What happens in the church is we can become these spiritual foodies where we listen to another sermon and go, yeah, I think I like the one from three weeks ago. I think I like the one I listened to on Thursday. No, 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 it was Tuesday on this podcast. We can have sermons going, 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 and we can sit and bash each other and go, this guy's better than this guy. Oh, this guy's off, don't listen. Meanwhile, there's people that don't even know they have a creator. So it was very hard for me to be here and just, oh, let me give another sermon and be a little bit more creative so I can be better than that last one or this guy or different in this way to people who can hear sermons all day long when I go, 
They've never even heard the name. The name. Jesus. Jesus. They don't even know. Any one of you would be a theologian in some of these places. And yet we'll sit here and critique, criticize, pick. It's just hard once you see it to go, let me just keep cooking some special food for the next crowd. Come on. Um, it's just there's hard. a verse that I... It's just hard once you see it. Once you go to another country and you see people that have no food that's dying. Before uh, Pastor Chan left, it, um, he ended up uh, leaving all that he had. He had built a lot. He had built a wonderful house and all of these these things. And he tells a story. This is his last message in California, where he before he goes to Burma. But when he went to Burma. Uh, he goes there and, and he stepped out on the word of God and he went to people that living in huts that had absolutely no food and absolutely nothing and he started to preach to them the gospel of Jesus Christ and they had never heard the gospel before and then he tells them about Jesus that could heal you and him and himself had never even seen a miracle but he goes on to say every person that he touched was healed. Deaf people were healed. Eyes were open. And he goes on to say that. And that video moved us. We were uh, driving in a car and we kept listening to it. I kept listening to it over and over again because our focus is just messed up. As Americans, we just look, man, I wanted this for Christmas, but they didn't, they didn't even give me this. Why didn't they give that to me for Christmas? And we just so small. But most people didn't even get nothing. And we don't understand how to be thankful for what we have. So it says, number one, I want you to be healthy with your food. First you eat to live, and then you live to eat. Well, your body uh, is only temporary, but that's no excuse for either stuffing your body. That's what I did, y'all. For stuffing my body. Now, I just want to say I lost 32 pounds. Thank you, Jesus. Now, of course, I have 100 to go, but, but I just thank God for the 32. It's a start. But, I, I, you know, don't use it. Just stuff my body. Just stuff myself with food. And it also says don't, don't, don't stuff yourself with sexual immorality, too, because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Don't say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do this Daniel fasting, Pastor Stephen and Portia. I'm going on there and I'm going to believe you. For, I'm going to believe God for power. I'm going to believe God for miracles. I'm going to believe God for this and that and this and that. And then I'm just going to go ahead and I might ch change the food, but I'm not going to change what I'm watching. Nobody here would do that, I know. But in other places... No, God says, I want you to do it. If you're going to fast, really fast, I want you to go after me. In this time where you would be watching TV or you would be doing this, I want you to read the word. You can imagine how clean your house will be. Oh, I, somebody got that. But I want you to honor me with your body. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to yield my body to a harlot I'm not going to yield my body to my lust because I'm on assignment God is doing a work he wants me to be healthy he wants me to live I always tell this story but the devil always shows you the girl with the slim cigarette in her hand but he doesn't show you the cancer he shows you the people in the movies hot and horny but he don't show you the 26 significant venereal diseases let's see y'all y'all Anyway, try to help you out. Number two, it says healthy people maintain healthy thoughts. Next slide. Yeah, that's it. Your eyes are the lamp of your body. So if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But when your vision is bad, your body is full of darkness. So my question is, is what are you looking at? 
If you're looking at him, beholding him, are you changed into his likeness? But if I'm looking at something that I should not be looking at, then I am not who God has created me to be. So I have to say, God, cleanse me, wash me, help me, give me an appetite for your presence. See, I understand as your pastor, Stephen and I understand this. We understand that you may possibly, the reason why you cannot worship in church is because you have an appetite for something else. And you have allowed yourself to behold it for so long that you can't see Jesus as any bigger. And you can't worship him as any higher because your appetite needs to change. But in order for your appetite to change, you have to cry out to God and call the name of Jesus and say, Jesus, change my appetite. I want to look like you. You ever see a baby and you question if that was really the baby daddy? Who know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? You ever see a baby and they say, this is the baby daddy, and maybe the baby is like five times darker than both of the parents, and you look, oh, okay. Uh-huh. I wonder in the spirit if that's what they do. You know what I mean? If that's, if that's what they do, it's like, are you really Jesus' kid? I want to look like you, daddy. I want to look like my daddy. I want to be like my daddy. I want to be like him. But I got to behold him. I got to look at him. I got to block out everything else in order to change. God, don't ever forget my words. This scripture is so important. It says, don't lose sight of them. Don't lose sight of your, the word of God. Let them penetrate deep into your heart for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. So I can't look at what other people look at, Sister Ashley, I can't. I can't be beholding what other people are going after because I have an assignment. I have a purpose. There's something that God wants me to do in the earth. So therefore, I have to look at him. I have to treasure his word. His word that says in Psalms 119, starting at verse 9, how can a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed according to your word. Well, that means I have to know the word. Then it goes on and it talks about thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. I got to hide his word. I got to hide his word. So healthy people maintain healthy thoughts. Don't ever forget my words. Always keep them in your mind. I want to meditate on your word. I want to think about what you're saying. And we talked about this already. I think Sister Dossie has a book. She told me in her book that she talks about the mind. If you want to go deeper in there, you want to get that book. Talks about the enemy putting thoughts in your mind. How can I meditate on the word of God? Instead of this stuff. Don't you see that it's a trap? That the enemy wants you to be worried? I talk to people all the time living in fear. I'm going to tell you that. I'm not going out like that. Ain't going. There's something in me from growing up in Oakland. We had to fight. My brother will tell you. We had to fight to go to school. We had to fight to come back from school. We had bullies in our neighborhood that we had to fight. And pretty soon you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. You get sick and tired of being beat up. And some... You got to get that thing. You know, I don't care if people, I don't care if the person I was fighting was 10 feet taller than me. You going down today. 
You're going, that's how I attitude I had to take. And maybe that's the way that I am because I will not go out in fear. I will go out in faith. Come on, I will go out fighting. I will go out standing on the word of God because if God is for me, then he's more than the world against me. And behind me, I picture the lion of lions. I may be a little cub. You seen that movie Simba? And Simba thought it was him with his little roar. <sighs> but behind him was his daddy. <sighs> and all them hyenas got to running. Y'all don't even hear me. Y'all. Woo! Behind you is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And his name is Jesus. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He is the maker of heaven and earth. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against those that love him. Woo! I'm sorry I get so excited about I know I'm yelling at you. I just get so excited. I just can't help it. But he says, come on, next slide. Come next slide. Healthy people manage, manage their energy. Healthy people manage. It says in Psalms 127, verse 2, it is senseless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night fearing you will starve to death for God wants his loved ones to get the proper rest some people their entire life is about worldly gain if I get this house then I will be happy if I get this car then I will be happy but I'm going to tell you something I have worked for some of the richest people in the world. I remember one time I was working for this man. He was making over $700,000 a year. That's a, that's, a, that's a lot of money. Just happened to see the thing on a dresser. That's how I knew. But I was wondering why he had seven bathrooms, seven, seven bedrooms, bedroom for each bathroom, an outhouse, a pool house, a Porsche, a Volvo. His wife was shopping. I know because I put clothes in her closet. And Neiman Marcus and some of the top line and was the most miserable people I've ever met. Miserable. Drinking all the time. Alcoholic. And God said to me, Portia, I want you to go witness to her. Go witness to her about me. I'm like, God, how can I witness to her? You know, I'm working for them. You feel me, Lord? And, you know, God, how can I really witness? Because, you know, God, you know, uh, you know, they got all this stuff. And, you know, what can I? Portia, if you don't witness to her, she's going to hell. So I went, Susan, why did you get drunk last night? Why did you get drunk last night, Susan? And all of a sudden she started, well, you know, my therapist says that, you know, I'm looking for the same relationship with my dad as I am my husband. And I'm like, listen, this fat Buddha right here ain't doing nothing for you, Susan. It ain't doing nothing. You need Jesus in your life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. The only one comes to the Father but by him. And the only way that you're going to be free is through Jesus Christ. All of a sudden a boldness came over me. Let me just tell you something. You never know when it's your last time. To witness to somebody. Tomorrow was not promised. My sister called me this morning, texted me a message, says it was an earthquake at some or five something this morning. Ten minutes away from San Francisco. And they're saying, everybody, you know, go to the store, get ready for the big one, store up for two, two, two whole weeks. And some people will be terrified over an earthquake, but not my mama. My mama had a relationship with Jesus. I don't care what was falling over. She would be walking. She would be walking. And you guys heard me tell the story. I, was, I would jump under the table, you know, doing an earthquake jail grill, grill, grill that I was taught in school. My mama walked by and said, baby, baby, a table ain't going to save you. So I got up, I, you know, underneath the table, got up. And then next time I, I ran close to mama because I know she prayed every day, at least an hour. So imagine this is my mama. I'm, I'm this close to her. 
Why is she praying? Because earthquake is happening. Baby, baby, mama ain't going to be able to save you. What in the world is this? You got to have a relationship with God for yourself. When things start happening, you got to say, God, shall I go or shall I stay? So you got to understand, people said, Pastor Portia, you know what? Just go and close the church down. You know, this coronavirus thing is real serious. I'm not going to listen to what anyone says. We're going to listen and be led by the Holy Ghost. Because if you haven't figured it out by now, there is another agenda that the enemy has and I will not I will not bow I will not dance to the drum come on come on a drum of another person's drum I'm gonna dance to his drum I'm gonna obey him because I discovered a long time ago that if you are in the will of God in your life and it is the will of God for you to be on a minefield nothing will happen to you as you walk through the minefield nothing will happen to you because you are in the will of God but if you are in the you could be out of the will of God and be in the safest place you could be in solitary confinement you could be in the police station with the SWAT team there and be out of the will of God and be in the most dangerous place ready your life ending in a moment because you're out let me just tell you if I go out I'm going out believing if I go out I'm standing on the word of God and on the promises because I'm not scared to die I'm scared what will happen if I don't die if I don't die to myself, I would have wasted all my life. I'm almost done. Come on. I would have wasted all my life. It says keep yourself in training for godly life. Physical exercise is good for your body, but spiritual exercise is valuable in every way because it not only helps you in your present life, but prepares you for the life to come. Why? I'm going to say it right now, Pastor Steve. I'm going to read it slower, Pastor Steve. Thank you. It says, oh, what am I? I'm the presence of God here, y'all. It says, keep yourself in training. Hold on, hold on. Listen, listen. Listen. Keep yourself in training for a godly life. Physical exercise is good for your body. But spiritual exercise is valuable in every way. Hold on. So you seen us up here and we dancing and we going all around. We doing spiritual exercise. When we singing and we lifting up our voice, we doing godly exercise. Y'all don't hear me. When you reading the word and you quoting the word out loud, you doing godly exercise. When you meditating on the word of God and you saying it out, you doing godly exercise. I want you to exercise yourself unto godliness. It is valuable in every way because it's not only helps you in your present life, but prepares you for the life to come. How does that prepare me? Some of you won't like heaven because you don't worship. It's going to be worship going on in heaven. So I got to train myself. I had to start to train myself when it comes to food not to think of food the same way. I had to start thinking of food differently. I love what Pastor Michael Moore says. Would you take a whole cup of sugar and put it in your gas tank? He had lost 100 pounds on his own. He said, would you take a cup of sugar? I said, oh my God, I'm looking at this the wrong way. The devil wants me dead. He wants me to have diabetes. He wants me hooked up to a machine so that I can't preach the word of God. He wants my life to be over and he's going to trick me and he's going to say, you know what? You can't do it. It's too hard. The Daniel Vaz is 
too hard. When there's people dying with no food. I want you to stay training. Man, I wish I can. Sometimes I wish I can jump in people's body, Pastor Steve, and just make them do it. Just go ahead and lift up your hands. Just go ahead and shout to the Lord. Just go ahead and read the word. Come on, I just wish I could jump in their body and make them do it because I know the reward from doing it. My brother Mark will tell you, my, my nephew Mark, he'll tell you because seen, I've seen him on the court and he moving, you know. He moving and whoosh, you know, with the ball and everything. But he didn't get that way from watching sports. All right. Y'all got it. Number four, healthy people enlist supportive friends. Woo! Healthy people enlist supportive friends. I couldn't do it by myself. I needed my husband alongside. Babe, you can do it. My sister, come on, sis. I see stuff shrinking. I see, I see your body shrink. Your butt don't look that, that big anymore. Come on! I need an encouragement. Girl, girl you, have to, you have to get some new pants. Them doctors look like they're falling off. Hey! Yes! You can go ahead. You can make it. You can do it. See, that's why the groups are so important. That's why the community, the us, us communities are so valuable. Because I can tell you, you can do it. You can make it. You know what? I was in that situation before, and I know that you can make it through. I know it. So I want you to enlist support friends. Two are better off than one because together they can work more effectively. If one falls down, the other can help the person up. But if someone is alone and falls, there's no one to help them. What's that song? I love you. I need you. I need you to survive. I won't harm you with words from my mouth. I love you. I need you to survive. You know what is just crazy? Is that sometimes as a pastor, I look at myself and I think, man, that person got offended with that. You know, it's not our hearts to offend anyone. Man, they thought this about man or that, and that wasn't true. Man, that was, they don't understand that I see them as an extension of me. That I was raised up under this lady right here, sitting here on this row that she was so secure in who she was that when she saw my gifting, she pushed me forward. She said, Portia, you have a gift. Get out there. Portia, sing the song of the Lord. Portia, prophesy the word of the Lord. That's this lady right here. She was so secure in who she was. That's my mentor. So I see you as succeeding. Listen, I see me as succeeding because we're on the same team. If you succeed, I succeed. I don't want you to fail. Well, Pastor Portia, you may be worried that I preach better than you. Preach better than me. I know what it costs. I know what it costs. I know what the anointing costs. It costs everything. It costs death to self. It costs crushing. It costs my sister going to my other sister and apologizing. And said, I was wrong about this. Forgive me. It costs humility. It costs something. So listen, I'm not... You gotta understand we're on the same team. We're on the same team. If you hit a home run, 
I hit a home run. Come on, mama. Come on. Number one, healthy people eat healthy food. Number two, healthy people maintain healthy thoughts. Number three, healthy people manage their energy. Number four, healthy people enlist supportive friends. They are in the community, us communities, because they understand the value of relationships. Healthy people... This is the last one, number five. Depend on God. Every day that I got up this year, I said, Lord, I need you. I need the all. I need the I can't do it by myself. I can't do it. Before if somebody put that German chocolate cake in my face, I had to take a bite. Before if somebody, I want you to get out your, your list right now. They should be almost done. Come on. There's something that I'm putting in this shredder today. I'm putting something in this shredder today that I'm not going to carry in. I'm not going to go ahead and carry it into 2021. I'm going to begin now. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's feeling sorry for myself. Maybe it's anger. Whatever it is. With some kind of perverse thing that is hidden from everyone. God, I'm putting this in the shredder today. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. I can't yield my habits of food by myself. I need thee. Oh, see, it's about Jesus. <laughs> he can help us and he wants to so I'm looking at this and it says God I want a greater motivation whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do you must do for the glory of God I want to do this for your glory God I want to praise for your glory God I want to sing for your glory God I want to eat for your glory God I want to live for your glory, God. The next thing is a greater reward. God wants to give us a great, come on, it's the next slide. It's God wants to give us a greater reward. Oh, it's right there. A greater reward. Athletes train and practice self-control in order to win a reward that they will soon fade away and be forgotten. But what you do for Christ will last Remember only what you do for Christ will last. Remember, oh my God, I want you to get it. Whatever you do for Christ will last. I want to do what you want me to do. I want my life to get the glory. I never forget it was this man, he was in the hospital room and he was dying. He was just in the room and he was on his last, last leg. He was going. And he started to sing a song and he started to pray and, and sing this song and he was saying God you know what if you can use anything Lord use me I'm not ready to die yet Lord I'm ready I want you to use me God and the last point is this greater power greater power Woo! greater power I want to see it wasn't until he stepped out in faith that he went to that foreign country and he saw the power of God like he never saw. You know, when you step out in faith, I remember before we came here, Sister Ashley back there. I'm so proud of you, Ashley. That girl getting her master's degree. I'm so proud of her. I remember being at the lowest point in my life and I was sitting, sitting there in a the church and Sister Ashley walked up to me uh, she actually went to another church but God had her there for some reason on that Sunday and she came up to me and she said Pastor Portia the Lord wanted me to tell you that if you just step off the cliff he'll catch you 
And I remember just crying. Saying, Lord, all I need is one God, yes. And I'll stand against a million no's. All I need is just one yes from the Lord. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Let me just tell you, one yes. One God yes. Hmm. And he never failed me. I look back over my life and he never failed me. When I leaned on him and I trust in him. So maybe my mistake was looking to me to do it. Thinking that I had enough discipline to do it. But there's a secret. <laughs> if you lean on him, if you trust in him, he will not fail. God is now working in you, giving you the desires and the power to do what pleases him. Philippians 2.13. All right, you got it together? What negative habits, emotions, our relationships would you like to eliminate in 2021? Maybe I was too negative. Maybe I, I focused on something I shouldn't have focused on too much. Maybe I need to have a cleaner house. Maybe, what is it? Who here put something in a shredder last year that happened? That you actually, that actually did? You actually accomplished you it was you shredded it last year and now this year you stand victorious is there anybody in there that did that but this is your year this is your year write it down amen you're gonna make a line you guys can stand six feet apart on each side <laughs> to go to the shredder father every paper that is in the shredder today Father, we pray for supernatural strength. Father, we pray right now, God, for every person who has something, every negative emotion, every bad habit that they want to destroy, Lord God. They're asking you, Lord Jesus, for the anointing, which is the enabling power of God to do what we could not do. Father, I ask you now, I ask you now, Lord God, to grant every request to change our eating habits. God, to change our attitudes. Father, I ask you, Lord God, every person in this line right now, every person getting in this line, Father, we believe you, Lord God. We believe you, Lord God. Father, we just let faith come, Lord God. Let faith arise, Lord Jesus, in this place. Father God, that we can do all things through you that gives us the strength. In the mighty name of Jesus, God bless you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. If you would like to learn more about us, please visit EncounterJesus.us or search for Encounter Church San Leandro in your app store.